It was 1760s Jamaica, and Matthew was black and a slave. The Moravian missionaries refused because their work had been attacked and property destroyed in other places where they had baptized slaves, attacked by slaveholders and other business owners. Now, they all understood something, that is, the missionaries, the slaveholders, and Matthew. They all understood that baptism is important, and it's a powerful symbol, and it changes things. On this first Sunday after the Epiphany, we see Jesus reveal through his own baptism. He experiences the tearing open of heaven, the descent of the Spirit, the Father's voice of declaration and love. It's the start of his public ministry. And for Mark, it's the beginning of his gospel account. It's a brief episode, but we should not miss its importance. Jesus hears the voice that makes his identity clear. The voice of the the Father spoken directly to him. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. With the Spirit's presence and this declaration, Jesus is empowered for his work as healer, as teacher, as deliverer, as savior and king. Immediately after, in fact that word is all over the Gospel of Mark, isn't it? Immediately, the Spirit sends him, actually throws him into the wilderness to be tested. Apparently, only Jesus hears this voice, but as readers, it's revealed to us, and we're to be in no doubt as to whose voice it is and what it means for us as Jesus' followers. Baptism is a declaration of his identity, a truth that will be declared over and over again in his power over disease, over evil, over unclean spirits, and in his teaching that transformed those that heard him, and then ultimately, in his journey to the cross and resurrection. His baptism is related to all that follows in his life as the place of the Father's love and the Spirit's power. We also learn here something about the nature of Jesus' character and what his ministry will look like. He receives John's baptism. It's the same baptism that everyone else receives. The language is the same to describe both. John has already stated that he is to prepare the way for one that is greater. He says, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, basically. Yet when Jesus comes, he submits to this baptism. He doesn't say to John, okay, you can step aside now. I got this. He doesn't baptize himself. Now, there's not a lot of detail here in Mark's account, is there? Yet we understand that Jesus entered the water to identify with all of the others who were coming, and they were coming for repentance. Thousands were going out to hear John. In fact, it says all of Jerusalem went to see him. I mean, it was a spectacle. This was like the old prophet, somebody shown up that we read about. Well, Jesus also goes, and he enters the water, and he's baptized at John's hands in order to identify with that multitude. His baptism was not for repentance, but for solidarity and for God to begin a new thing. You see, in creation, God hovers over the water. Madison read that for us, and we were reminded of that. It's the place where creation begins. In Jesus' baptism, again, God moves through the water to recreate, to begin again, to undo the fracture of sin, to make it possible for things to be as they were intended. In his book, The Shape of Baptism, Aidan Kavanaugh observes that in his baptism, Jesus joins the ranks of the faithful remnant, 
creating it as the new cornerstone of a new world and embarks upon the task assigned the Messiah of God. As we follow Jesus in baptism, as we do that, we are identified with him. We are made new. We receive the love and affirmation of the Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we are declared God's own. Now, baptism isn't everything. It is the doorway. But it's absolutely crucial. It's vital to our lives of faith in God. It leads us into discipleship. It leads us into faithful living and serving in Jesus' name. I mean, if you just take the baptismal vows, if you just go a few pages further in the, in the bulletin today, you'll see. You see what it addresses. You see what's promised. Belief and trust in the Holy Trinity. Rejection of the devil and all rebellion against God. Repentance of sins and commitment to live a new life in a new way. Serving and loving others. Baptism is no less than the mark of citizenship in a new realm. The baptized are now citizens of God's kingdom. And we live in that reality with all of its joy and also all of its responsibility of what it means to be God's people in the world. It's a tremendous thing. It's an awesome thing to be placed into God's kingdom of marvelous light and to be tasked as salt and light in a world that so desperately needs reclamation and healing. That's why it's so appalling that baptism has been used over the centuries in harmful and evil ways. You know, often people were forced to to convert and be baptized as a means of conquering them, one nation over another. Many slaves were forcibly baptized before the treacherous sea voyage that they had to take. Uh, In fact, there's a place in in, uh, West Africa where so many of the slaves were shipped from And down uh, where they were held in the dungeons, right above that, there's an Anglican chapel where those who worked on the ships could come and worship and seek God's blessing, actually. In fact, fact, Anglicans have a lot to kind of look into about our own history of this. You know, it's a perversion of the true meaning of baptism wherever it is tied to earthly citizenship. And also where it's just ignored. So many people today don't get baptized. It's sort of seen as a Maybe something you can do, it's sort of optional. Well, the people who read Mark first, the early Christians, they already had an understanding of the importance of baptism in the identity and the role of the church. They knew that as disciples of Jesus, they were people of the new age, as scholar Fred Craddock puts it. And as people of the new age, they shared that power made available through Jesus Christ, that is the Holy Spirit. And they understood that baptism was a commission to serve others. Craddock notes that through baptism, the whole church was called to ministry, with baptismal vows functioning as a kind of ordination. The point is this. In baptism, we are made new, and we are given a new identity and a new homeland, a place that we long for and already live in now to the degree that we're able, that is the kingdom of God. That's where we hold citizenship. And we live in that kingdom in the ways that we see the king leading. Right? We follow him. What do we see him doing? We see him healing. We see him caring. We see him teaching, serving, standing with those at the margins, and so on. I mean, this is our place of allegiance. This is our place of special blessing and gifting. As citizens of the kingdom, we are people who love peace, not violence. 
We are people who seek and share truth, not conspiracy. We are those who work to bring about whole and healed relationships between peoples, not division. We are ones who care for the stranger among us, for the widow and the orphan. We are those who sacrifice for the sake of others. Our son Jonathan uh, yesterday was helping uh, his two boys clean up their room. They're really big into Legos. So you know how it is, if you, you, know, you keep buying kids Lego presents for Christmas, they just keep you know, uh, accumulating, and they have all these Legos, and so they were, they were doing that, and then um, as they were putting stuff away, he noticed a little, a little diorama. There was a little scene that they had created, and they do this all the time. And he said, oh, you know, this is not just pieces strewn about. This is an actual set what scene. What, what is that? And they said, oh, that's the people storming the Capitol. The things our children have had to see. <sighs> the things we have had to see this week. <laughs> I was so troubled. I was so disturbed. <laughs> Anxious, angry even. And you know, it affected me much more than I thought something like that would. Now, others have written quite a lot already on this, and much has been said, so I won't go through a lot of my own thoughts right now. They've been expressed so well by others, and I would just address you to, to Bishop Todd Hunter, to Ruth Haley Barton, who uh, wrote a response, to Steve and Gwen Smith. These are friends of ours in Colorado who work with leaders of all kinds. And I know there will be much, much more, but I also could not let this Sunday pass without addressing it in some way. And really, I think a lot of it relates to baptism. Really and whether or not the church truly understands what it signifies. The events were shocking, obviously. The kind of leadership on display was shocking. But I think we should not have been surprised. It certainly represents a complete breakdown in national leadership, but also a collapse of spiritual leadership, of leadership in the church. Now, these are my comments. This is me sharing my heart. I don't do this a lot, uh, but I need to today. Most of you know I'm pretty apolitical. I'm not partisan. I'm not that connected to it, although I, am, I do care about issues. So as I've watched things play out um, over the last few years, I've been most concerned with church leaders uh, because that's my world. And I, when I say that, I mean white evangelical church leaders who have seemed to forget many of them, where their true citizenship and allegiance lies. And they have confused a nation-state with aspects of God's kingdom, in my view. And they've sought to place special identity and divine role onto a human political leader. They've encouraged, enabled, and empowered words and actions that brought us to this point, either directly or, I have to admit, through our silence. And the church has forgotten its place as salt and light in order to court earthly power and privilege. And we need some soul-searching. We need some repentance around this. But you know what? About earthly power and privilege, guess what? We don't actually need it. <laughs> we, we have a king. We have a king under whose feet all things have been placed and we're citizens of that kingdom by virtue of our baptism. We have amazing gifts. We have the power of prayer. We have godly virtue. We have uh, 
justice and righteousness at hand, and ultimately of love, the love of the cross, the power of the resurrection. Now, it's good to love one's country, don't get me wrong. It's a good thing to celebrate the wonderful things about America, if, we're, if we are Americans, and, and also to be honest, though, about things that are not right, to seek to make them right as people who are salt and light, because healing requires truth. It's also good and right for people to participate in the political process. I'm not saying, you know, run away from all of that. I'm saying it's important to run for office. It's important to have godly people in these roles. It's important to vote, to support issues that reflect God's just and righteous rule of the earth. But it's also important that the church not lose its ability to speak prophetically, to call out injustice. Whenever we set up earthly leaders as saviors with divine blessing, We've forgotten who we are and whose we are and where our citizenship is held. And that is with any earthly leader of any persuasion and party. Now, some may disagree, just disagree with me. That's fine. Some will, may wish I wouldn't have included this in the sermon. Jay, that was, you, you were going really well. <laughs> and then you went there. Some would like me to say more and more often. And some might think I'm just naive. Father Jay, you're a good guy, but that's, just not the way the world works. Okay. But on this day, at the end of this week, you need to know my heart wherever that leads and whatever you think about it. And my desire for us as a church is to truly be the people of the kingdom, people who are willing to grow, people who are willing to listen and learn, people who are willing to have the hard conversations, people who are willing to love in order to be more like Jesus. And it begins right here at the font. This is where it starts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.